Welcome to the Immaculate Perceptions podcast. Uh, Armando is burning in blue hell over there. Really uh, sad for that. Not sure what he did, but... Uh, this podcast <laughs> is on fire. Uh, I'm oh ready. <laughs> stop. I am ready. Okay, am guys, ready. Can, we, can we just go... Let's just go ahead and stop it and start over because that was terrible. Uh, if you don't... Oh, crap, we're live. We can't. Thanks, Armando. So, uh, well, I thought it was funny. Yeah, I, I, funny. I, I think you thought it was funny because it made me cringe. That's all. So I am your co-host, uh, Ben. You can find me at uh, at bitboy underscore hodl on Twitter. These are your co-hosts, Armando and Andy, a.k.a. producer, by the way, who is a producer, by the way. So how are you, how are you guys doing today? I'm good. I'm sorry I missed last week. I just I didn't, I didn't have my voice, and I was sick as hell, and I apologize. So um, I did catch some of it live. Um, but, uh, it was cool that you guys picked up the pieces for me. I'm sorry. I wasn't here to, uh, to be here, but I'm, I'm excited to be back and on our new day Monday. So this is my first Monday. I think. Oh yeah. We changed. This is the so, first change. Yeah. This is our first. Did yeah. we do la- Wait, we did Monday last week too, didn't we? Yeah. Like yeah, we yeah. decided to move this to Monday. Yeah. So. But this is our first full podcast on a Monday with all three of the major players of the Bam. podcast. Yes. Boom. Boom. So anyway, I'm glad to be back. Well, we're glad to have you. How about you, Armando? How have you been? Man, you know what? On a, on a personal note, things have been uh, really, 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 really good. Uh, as you both know, things were really different not that long ago, but things are starting to turn around, and I'm pretty excited about where they might lead. So, Does that good. have to do with the Giants? Is that like a... That has nothing to do with the Giants, my man. has nothing to do with the Giants. It has to do with members, member of the fairer sex i'll just leave it at that i know i'm just messing with well you. armando i happen. i hope for your sake that he's really cute so okay you are all a right George. <laughs> that's terrible that's terrible and that's my go uh, that's my go-to joke i like that's my go-to joke i use it at any given point so be ready for it so anyways guys uh andy you got some uh pretty excited non-sports stuff coming up uh this week huh yeah yeah, because basically, uh, you know, you know me, if you see my Twitter, I'm a huge gaming centric guy. Uh, every year I usually get asked to come back and work as a live producer, segment producer for uh, YouTube E3 Live, which is a live stream like we're doing right now. But it's 12 hours of like nonstop. Let's meet the, the head of Bethesda and he's going to tell us what to expect at E3. A lot of people tend to like it. It's been around for a few years. You might have seen it pop up during the E3 times. Uh so I'm going to be working tomorrow till we stream on Sunday. So I'll be sure to link it on our Twitter because uh, it's a cool live stream. If you're a gamer, come check in. I won't be on camera, but you'll know I'll be behind camera producing, by the way. Producer, so I'm excited. Guys, he, he really is a producer, by the way. By the way. I, I just explained know. everything. Yeah, everything. Everything. So, all right, yeah, guys. I'm excited. Well, we got, um, we're, I mean, super excited for you. And you can't wait. E3, they have sports video games there. So, I'm really excited. They do. So, the Madden won't change, probably. My child's yeah. name is Madden. That's how much I it's, love football. So, uh, seriously, I thought it was your dog's name. It's your I, child's name? It's my, I did it's my wanna, oldest son. Yes, Madden. Before you move on from the Madden topic, I wanted to say that I would love to do a full Madden review for an episode. Um, or oh, at least yeah. part of the episode when it comes out. And I would also... And we can play like it. To, we can play head-to-head yes. as part of the review. Yes, I will. We can play head-to-head. Yeah. And also, as you know, Ben, I'm a pretty hardcore Madden player, which people don't really realize. And last season, I got into the top 10 percentile in online on the Xbox Live. Wow. So wow. Um, what I'm going to do this year, because we have the podcast, is I'm going to 
give you guys an update on my my online record and what my last game might have been or some highlights and i'll oh, try hey. to record them we could play them on the show thought that would be a cool addition yeah i think that would be Absolutely. cool uh, yeah, cool. people people may not know this, but back in 2005, I was in the top 100. Nice. I was in the top 100 of all Madden on PS. I guess it was, I think it was PS2 back then. Maybe it was PS3 already. I think it was it was PS2 for sure. So well, yeah, I, could I used to crush you. it. I was I was number 18 when NBA 2K like I forget which one it was. It was the Xbox when it first was on <laughs> Xbox Live. I was like number 18 as wow. the Nets, Jason Kidd Nets. With uh, wow. Kenyon Martin. With the back-to-back uh, -back NBA Finals appearances? Yeah, so their team was pretty good, <laughs> and I was pretty good, so I was killing it. Well, anyway. um, you know, funny enough, uh, I used to kill it on NBA Live back in the day. NBA Live. Was good, yeah. NBA Live 1995. <laughs> freaking Latrell Sprewell. That was my dude. He would score over 100 points a game, and he would choke you out you if you disagree. That. That's, like, probably one of the greatest. That's one of my top basketball games of all time 95 man. yeah wow mine was nba jam at the arcade well right that's who were you who were you let's hear it we've really gotten off topic but who were you charlotte hornets baby we had larry john larry johnson and Zoe. grandma ma larry johnson you betcha all right who's, who, who's your squad jazz stockton alone now with on on the tournament edition you got the third player so you had horn i was the Suns, Charles Barkley and Kevin Johnson. Kevin Johnson swishing those three-pointers. And then in the tournament edition, you got Dan Marley on top of it. So you really could not beat There's it. another three-point legend. The original big three. It's just terrible. Yeah, that guy used terrible. to just shoot threes, man. We got Greg, Greg watching on Facebook saying that uh, he his game was uh, Super Tech Mobile. Great game, too. I mean, that's the thing. Jackson. That's we'll it. have to that's do an episode to throw back to all the yeah. retro games. Maybe I can clip together some throwback clips of some famous old games. We'll do like a little retro sports yeah. episode. I mean, Super Super Tech Mobile and NBA Jam both belong in the conversation for best game ever for in terms of video games. I, my favorite sports video game ever, and actually, like, to me, like, I love Zelda. Zelda games are awesome. I don't play a lot of, like, adventure action games besides that. Mostly sports right. games. But Mike Tyson's Punch-Out is the most fun game of any game ever in the history of mankind. The replay value game. replay value is off the charts. Now, it's got to be Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, not Mr. Dream's Punch-Out. Right, yeah, no. Pre-rape. Yeah. It's, uh, that's, yeah, I guess we just realized there's plenty of classic sport video games. Yeah, yeah for sure. Plenty. So what, you want to talk about them NBA Finals? Ben? Yeah, let's move so on. Let's talk about the NBA Finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm caught up, by the way. Uh, th oh, that's fantastic, because we had an NBA Super Special last week. Uh, yeah, and if people are wondering why Patrick Mahomes is behind me, that's because eventually we will talk about the NFL overtime rules, which involves the Chiefs for sure. But, uh, okay, so he here's the thing. NBA Finals. Me and Armando gave our predictions last week. We both agreed Warriors four games to one. Now, gentlemen sweep. The, the gentlemen sweep. We both agreed on that. Now, it is still possible. However... The odds are stacking up against the Warriors at this point. In Game One, I don't think anybody saw that coming. Everybody expects the Warriors. Everybody expects the Warriors to come out in that third quarter and really, you know, make a mockery of the other team. And it didn't happen in Game One. So Toronto was hyped. It was their first home game in the finals ever. First finals game in, in Jurassic Park in their franchise history. They were amped to the nines. There was no way they were going to lose that first game. Game two, we even though Golden State suffered some injuries, and we'll talk about that in a second, 
they could not buy a bucket in the second half. And, 18, uh, 18 to zero run by 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 the Warriors to start out the second half. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Yeah. They knew it was coming. Go ahead, Andy. I was just gonna say that that like when you hit that three, what was it? Five seconds left. Iguodala yeah. hits uh, that three. Oh that's yeah. That's a championship team because when you got that wide open shot at that moment in the finals with five seconds and he just nails it, that's a championship team, right? You got to. That was the wrong play to make, though. But you're he trying to uh, run down the clock. You should not have in the shot championship, it. man. You got to just. I like the, the players that are saying, you know, what? we're in the championship. This isn't a regular season game. Let's nail this in the coffin. How many times have we seen that in the finals? Well, it was it was so funny listening to Mark Jackson and uh, Van Gundy talk about it because you know Mark Jackson was like, the, or Mark Jackson said, "That's a championship play right there." I mean, when you have that shot and you're oh, Andre like Iguodala, you shoot it, you make that shot. And then Van Gundy was like, "You're a prisoner to the moment. You're only saying that because he made it. If he wouldn't have made that, it would have been a disaster for them, and it really would have been because." Not for only sure. would the Raptors have possibly got the most likely gotten the rebound, but they would have had six seconds and they would have only been down by two. But the funny thing to me is, and they didn't, you know, it, they didn't bring this up. Like you can actually see the indecision on Andre Iguodala's part when he receives that ball. First of all, Sean Livingston made an incredible play to get that True. ball. Okay, True. because when that pass was made, even though I've watched it like six times, every time I have no idea how Andre or how uh, Livingston got that ball. I have no idea because it should have been. It, it was like a like a pick six. It should have been, you know, kind kind of kind of play. So he gets the ball and he passes it to Andre Iguodala. And when Andre Iguodala gets the ball, he you can see him look, and he's looking at the shot clock, and he's like, I I don't know if I want to shoot this. But there's no way I can turn this shot down. I have to take it. Like, I'm telling you, you can see that hesitation, and they freaking buried it. And, you know. He's wide open. He's like, he's wide open, but, I mean, still, like, okay, if you say. Trying to run out the clock, yeah. If, if you say a, a wide open three-pointer, if you're going to make it 70% of the time, like, three out of ten times, you're going to miss that, and you're going to have a chance to blow the game. Um, but I don't know. If, if he just waits there and waits till there's, like, three seconds left and just literally throws the ball as high as he can in the air, the time would run out, you know? So I, I, I see it from both sides. Huh. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. At the end of it all, they got lucky that it went in because had it not, they, they could have very well have lost that game last night. I have a question, though. What is going on with all this Drake – like sideline stuff like that Kevin Durant's hiding behind a corner at the end of the game. You yeah, that was weird too. That was weird. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. What I saw it. Like I just want to ask you guys this. Do you think it's necessary for this outside kind of like like Drake is not Spike Lee. He's doing the Spike Lee stuff, you know? We went yeah. through the Spike Lee stuff in New York. Why he's should Canadian Spike Lee? But I know he's like repping Toronto and and Canada and good for the Raptors, you know, representing in the finals and stuff. And they might even win. They could win this. There's they could. No doubt they yeah. could win this. I did say um, last week, I did propose a scenario where they could win. And, you know, so I far Kawhi Leonard like, hasn't even played like, his best. But what I'm saying, like the celebrity distraction, like why is even Kevin Durant bothering trying to talk trash to him? Who cares? Like Because Kevin Durant has the emotional intelligence of a 13-year-old girl. This is true. So, so, yeah, I'm not blaming Drake. What I'm saying is it's like the media, like, I hate that we have to deal with some celebrity during the finals on the sideline, you know? I think he was sitting next to Larry David one night, too. Well, they say uh, they say that, like, he really gives the Raptors a boost. And with him on the sidelines, they can go 0 to 100 real quick. So, it's like, 
real good, you know, because sometimes you need 100 points if you're going to beat the Warriors. So, oh, but but it, just... in all seriousness, though, in all seriousness, the, the thing about this is that, you know, He's so over the top. He's done so many over the top things that you probably, you guys probably don't even know he's done. Number one, he's wearing a band around his uh, his left arm because he has Durant and Curry's numbers tattooed on his arm. So he's wearing a band over that. Number two, he's wearing a Raptors Dell Curry jersey because Dell Curry, Steph Curry's dad, played for the Raptors. However, it's a very rare jersey, and most people, you know, don't have have access to it. So there's a whole story on the internet, uh, I can't remember exactly where it was, about how he had to go through all these different people to finally find that perfect jersey to troll them with. So, this, is, you know, Drake, when you cheer for every single team that's winning, and then your actual team that where you're from is winning, like, it's hard to have real credibility. You know what I'm saying? He cheers for everybody. And now that Toronto's there, here he comes, you know, like full-fledged Drake. Yeah, Volkswagen Drake. The Drake curse. They call it. They call it. The, they call it the Drake curse. You know, it's like if Drake cheers for you, you lose. So that's actually good for the Warriors. Funny enough, did, did you guys? Do you guys watch boxing at all? Yeah. Did you? Did you yeah, watch the I fight like this weekend? Anthony Joshua got knocked in the next week. Yeah, he did by Anthony Ruiz, proving that all you have to do to be a champion boxer is eat McDonald's. But my point is, there was an Instagram. <laughs> Let me let me see if I can pull it up. Hold on. Let, let me see if I can share and pull it up because it is actually hilarious. Uh, let me pull up this. Hold on one second. Let me see if I can find this uh, Instagram post here. Let's see. Instagram. Uh, Instagram. Uh, Man, I love Instagram. Let's see here. <laughs> yeah, here it is. This is, guys, this is so funny. You're going to love this. Uh, so here is Anthony Joshua with Drake, okay? And then, let's see, is are they going to show it on this one? Uh, oh, here it is. Look at, look at the, look at the capture, or the caption. About, About to, to break, break the, the curse. curse. <laughs> About to break the curse. But he didn't break the curse. He got knocked no, out. No, the curse broke him, the, and Ruiz's the curse right broke hand him. broke his face. So I could make an argument that the number one reason why uh, the Warriors are going to win is because Drake is cheering for the Raptors. So you could make that case, and you might be right. I might be. I Great. might be right. So now okay. Jack Nicholson and the Lakers—that's prime celebrity. He doesn't like, say anything really. But you that's know? what I mean. Like I just need him clapping, and like, look, there's yeah. Jack going like this. Drake is so Stop over giving coaches back massages. Nick Nurse was like, I didn't even realize he was doing it until I saw the video. I'm like, how do you not realize another I, grown okay. man rubbing your shoulders? Like, I'm not good He was that. just playing it off because secretly he liked it. Oh, even if I was a billionaire and I was able to have, like, sideline with the Jets because I love them, I wouldn't be with a towel, like, next to Adam Gase. Like, yeah, free, yeah, the Jets, we're the best. Yo, screw you, Tom Brady. Like, you know, like. You don't see, like, if I was a celebrity, that's why in football it doesn't happen, but in, in basketball it always happens. I don't know. Well, you know why it's a big deal in basketball is because the fans can sit You're feet like right away there. from the court. That is that is true. It's like the one sport, if you think about it, it's a sport you really get close to them. Like, they're right well, there. Well, Drake, Drake knows his own celebrity. You know what I mean? Like, Drake, Drake knows his celebrity, and, and, you know, he definitely uses it. A lot of people... Well, we got... 
We got a spot for Drake on the podcast. We got plenty of room. Yeah, so. we could. We could definitely add a fourth square, fourth rectangle in. If I, would. <laughs> I would love to ask him about all of the uh, the Illuminati symbolism with his owl nonsense. Oh, gosh. Here we go. Don't get Armando started. Before you know it, you'll be falling off the side of the earth. Okay, guys. But uh, That's next... not possible. The North Wall protects us. <laughs> next, uh, what is this it, Game Wednesday of Thrones? is Game 3, right? Wednesday? Uh, is it Wednesday? That's so long. I think really, it's Wednesday. They really drag this thing out, you know. I could be wrong. Could be I wrong. was hoping it would be Tuesday, but you know, I do. It seems like they play a lot on Thursday. But it might. You know what? It's probably you can watch Game of Thrones. Oh wait, that's no longer around either. It's over. It's over. I'm just kidding. No, no. Sorry, I had to had to stab the Game of Thrones reference. Game three is Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern because it's in Oakland. Yeah. Well, I'm it was at, it was at nine o'clock last week when it was during the week in Toronto. I'm always so, right. Yeah, you were. Okay, guys, let's move on. Let's move on to the next topic. Next topic, cool. we're talking NFL. So uh, we had this. Um, let me pull it up here. We had this uh, article. Here it is. Okay. Had this article uh, from Roger Goodell who spoke this week at a golf tournament. And he had some interesting comments about a couple things. Uh, we're going to... Uh, we're going to look at the first comments he made, which are regarding the preseason, which I definitely think they need to get rid of. Um, I feel what we should be doing is always to the highest quality, and I'm not sure preseason games meet that level right now. I'm not sure, talking with coaches, that four preseason games is necessary anymore to get ready for uh, a season to evaluate players, develop players. He added, there are ways of, other ways of doing that. We've had discussions about that. The NFL has long back reducing the preseason schedule in exchange for expanding the regular season to as many as 18 games. Players have balked to the proposal by citing safety issues and a desire to receive additional compensation for playing a longer regular season. So, issue number one is the season, preseason games versus an 18-game season. And I have, as you guys would probably imagine, the greatest perspective on this. The, the greatest idea ever in the history of mankind. The perfect compromise between the NFL and the players on this issue. We what go is that? Right now, they're playing four preseason games and 16 games in regular season. That's 20 games total. And I can't tell you as a season ticket holder, I hate paying regular price on my season tickets for those stupid preseason games that mean absolutely nothing. Okay? So what if... We did two preseason games and one extra game during the season to make 17 games. What that does is it gives you, first of all, an 18-week season, okay? But it keeps, outside of ties, which we know are very rare, we usually have one every two or three years. I think last year we actually had three because of the new overtime rules or whatever. But that would keep teams generally from ever having a 500 record. You would always finish above 500, or below 500. And not only that, but you're taking the total number of games down to 19 instead of 20. So you're not, exp you know, you're expanding one regular season game. You're getting rid of two preseason games. That means as a season ticket holder, you're only having to pay. You, season ticket holders would be paying probably the same price. Um, that would bring up an issue on who, you know, one year you would get an extra home game. One year you'd have an extra away game. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't have as big of a problem paying for my season tickets if I didn't have to pay for those two stupid preseason games. What do you guys think? Oh, man. I'm going to go first. Uh, that's nonsense, and I'll tell you why. 
Uh, first of all, NFL franchises should not be charging full price for games that don't count. That is criminal. Uh, that is uh, not jurisprudence and other legal terms I don't know. And uh, it's, fra- it's practically criminal. They should not be doing it to their fans. So to them, I say, there you go. Uh, as far as expanding it to a 17-game season, that will not work because for the last 41 years, we've had a 16-game season. All of the records, Hall of Fame inductions, all of the different passing yards, r- uh, rushing yards, touchdowns, this, that, and the other are all within the framework of a 16-game season. The moment you bump that up to a 17-game season, all of that gets thrown out the window. We have to recalibrate everything. Old man yells at NFL schedule. Get off my lawn. Keep it to 16 games. (laughs) I I just wanted to correct you that I think that there was actually 14 games at one point. It was less. Yes, it was less. Um, They went from 12 to 14 in 1961, and they went from 14 to 16 in 1978. They haven't changed it since. You know why? Because it works. Don't change it. Get off my lawn. Well, they used to take preseason more seriously, though. Here's here's what here's my thing. I hated the four games. I think even one year there were five games or something. Like, but I, I might not be crazy. I remember like well, no, 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 no. It's it's the and I'm at, funny enough. I'm actually taking my son. We are going to the NFL Hall of Fame induction this year. Tony Gonzalez is getting inducted in the Hall of Fame as a Falcon, which I'm really excited yeah, about. Nice. Yeah, uh, be, and that's why the Falcons are playing in the. Um, playing in the Hall of Fame game. So when you play in the Hall of Fame game, you actually do have five preseason uh, five preseason why. games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. two okay. teams every year well, will have five, and the Falcons are playing the Broncos because Champ Bailey is getting inducted, who's a Georgia Bulldog. So there you go. Well, here's my uh, devil's advocate just for, for – now the side that enjoys the preseason games, in my opinion, are the coaching, Ooh. the coaching staff, the scouts, all because if you tell me we're going to yank two games – they're going to have to make decisions on players that might not look developed until the fourth preseason game. Like the coaches really get to look at their team and see these players that they might cut. It really gives them the, the actual personnel decision. Now, yes, there's the, there's a problem with injuries, but that's why they don't play their main players. The people they're playing are for, you know, them to see who the hell can play football. These guys can't. We're cutting him. But cutting but, him. But guess what? This it, it's not necessary. They, they I, do they do team scrimmages. I don't well, know if, I, I've been I to have, a few of those. I have my I have my proposal. Let's hear it. Like you had one. I, I do. So two preseason games, I agree. That's it. But then you have to guarantee that there's gonna be a couple of scrimmages, more scrimmages in in uh because I know they do them but rarely scrimmages between teams like yes the, the browns go to the jets and play a scrimmage so that they feel more prepared right. so you got to tell the nfl's got to say all right we're going to yank that but every team has to play two scrimmages as well and that's a little more practice focused no television just just playing freaking football against another team because i feel like it's like the gladiator sport yeah you got to be ready i agree got, i think there's a there's a rant this is in a car Zero to sixty. This is a ramp up. The NFL is always a ramp up. So I went to this ramp up, and most teams aren't even in peak playing shape until week four or week five even, anyway. Even by the playoffs, there's some teams that stink the whole year. Then they they're like, hey, you would know the, about that. I do, but they would <laughs> hang on the fringe of. Uh, it's like you know, it's like week twelve, and they're like, the Jets can get in if this team loses. This oh, team gosh, loses. Oh yeah, team. it's crazy. It's crazy. Like, let's see, a few years ago, the Seattle got in at seven and nine a while back. Seven yes. and nine, and they, they won their first playoff game. So, like you said, 
They hit their stride in the playoffs. Oh, they beat the like, Saints. That was the year they beat the Saints. Yeah. Why oh, that so much? The, the famous uh, Lynch run. Yeah, because they, like, they got a home game. They got a home game because oh, they won so... the division at seven and nine uh, over the Rams. They played on that Sunday night. It was a playoff game, uh, basically against the the Rams in the last game of the season. Uh, so it's it's yeah. it's interesting. It's it's always been an interesting topic. I think it's good that they're talking about it. So I agree. At least have two, but you got to have some scrimmages so these guys are ready. Uh, I remember, I remember when the Falcons had a scrimmage against the Patriots, probably like six, five or six years ago. Was it a fan? You could go see it. Yeah, it was. A, I mean, it was a training camp. I used to live. Uh, I recently moved this year, but I used to live five minutes from Falcons training camp. It was like the greatest benefit of living where I live. So I went all the time. And uh, oh. yeah, I remember when the the Falcons had a scrimmage against the Patriots, and it was so crazy because uh, it was the year that Tom Brady had that really long hair. You guys remember when he had really long hair? I know. And, like, he was taking his helmet off, and he was, like, shaking his head, and, like, and we were all making fun of him. It, it was hilarious. So, I guess... Before Giselle Bunchen? Uh, probably... Uh, they've been married for, like, probably eight years or something like that. They've been married it, longer, I think. I feel like yeah. they've been together forever, man. Yeah. Remember, yeah. he's been in the NFL for, what, 20 years or something? So long, dude. I, I'm, I'm tired of Tom Brady. I'm ready to move on from Tom Brady. You know, I'm just I'm just ready for yeah, a post, Sam Darnold. <laughs> I'm ready for a post-Tom a post Brady NFL. Like I can't wait. I'm a, I, I've been a big fan of Tom Brady ever since he started. I mean, I used to like the Patriots when Drew, when, when Drew Bledsoe was there. Because if you remember, they were so terrible for, like, my, my, whole, oh. my whole childhood, the Patriots were terrible. And then they had that one year... Where Drew Bledsoe took him to the uh, took him to the playoffs. They faced the Browns. The Browns ended up winning. Bill Belichick was yep. the coach. Uh, you know, it was real crazy. We were like trying to get home from church fast because the preacher he just wouldn't be quiet that day. And I was like, "It's a they're, they're playoffs today." But anyways, uh, so I always you know had a little soft spot for the Patriots for for a long time. And you know, eventually they got good. And now it's just embarrassing how good they become over the years. And so now you know, even as a person that you know preferred Tom Brady over a lot of quarterbacks for a long time. Now, this obviously, him being the Falcons in the Super Bowl definitely plays into it some because I now hate him more than anything. But, you know, I'm, I'm ready for a post-Tom Brady NFL. We wondered what it would be like with, like, a post, um, you know, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady NFL. And it's crazy that, you know, Brady's still been playing for so long. And who knows how long he's going to play. I'm just ready for it to be over. Let's move on to the next generation. Uh, you know, he's overshadowed quarterbacks who should have been, you know, seen as the best of their generation, like Aaron Rodgers. Matt Ryan, obviously. I'm totally kidding on that. Tom Brady. But <laughs> I mean, my obviously. prediction is he will see a decline finally, and he's going to play one season with somebody else. I really believe that he's going to be like, he's going to make a deal with the Patriots, say, oh, I'm going to retire. Then, boom, a deal with some team in preseason. Tom Brady's like, screw it. I want to play one more year. I didn't curse, by the way. Good and, job. um, and, you know, I, I really hope he does because I feel like all the big quarterbacks have. And I just want to see Tom Brady wear a different uniform. Now, what about that, Ben? What if Tom Brady went to, like, some, like, like the Broncos, for Christ's sake? You know, Elway's Oh, that would be perfect. Flac Elway, Flac Flacco dude. takes him to the playoffs this year. Next year, he does terrible. They put Drew Locke in. He has, like, some dude. promise, but they don't make the playoffs. The next year, Brady comes in and wins a Super Bowl for the Broncos. I can see that it right now. Is That'll that be God's a whole like, day in hell. Made <laughs> in the shape. I don't know. Belichick and company. He runs New England. He knows no, that. No, they tried. Belichick tried to get rid of him like already. The back of his hand. 
he goes anywhere else, he won't have nearly as much say or as Not much true. knowledge of the playbook. Not He's true. as successful as possible in New England. They have a running game now. Did you know? Okay, well, hold on. Already if, if Tom Brady went to the Jaguars game. tomorrow, he would be the team owner. Here, you play, uh, Ben, you play uh, Elway, right? Okay. So you're going to call me. I just, hi, I'm Tom Brady. I'm retiring. I played 24 years. I have 20 Super Bowl rings. I'm ready to uh, retire. Hey, uh, Tom, this is uh, John Elway calling from the Broncos. Now, I know that you said you're retired, but I don't know if you've noticed. I've taken quarterbacks who are well past their prime when they couldn't throw the ball like they used to. They're still good. They just couldn't do it like they used to. And I was just wondering, we have an incredible defense, Von Miller. We just drafted a great, hot, new you know, uh, defensive rusher. All you got to do is come in. We'll get you the best. We'll get you the finest offensive line. You'll be able to run a Run a you know win a championship, just handing the ball off. What do you say, Tom? Are you interested? <laughs> hey, if Peyton Manning even can win a Super Bowl without throwing, I can win a Super Bowl by showing up. That's it's right, Tom. Job. Come on. <laughs> yeah, and uh, both both teams played hard. This is uh, Bill Belichick. <laughs> are we tapping? Yeah, we are tapping. Okay. Yeah, uh, this is gonna work. I was gonna pull the plug right now. <laughs> That's how it goes down. This is too much. This is too much. All right, guys, that we got to move on to our last topic. We've been – my face is so red from laughing. That, that was, was so funny. funny. Yeah, that, that was, was fun. Funny. I like it. That was good TV. Listen, so <laughs> let's move on to the other thing that actually came out of that interview, which is kind of not necessarily a new debate, but it is something that he brought up in terms of the owners' meeting. Uh, this was when he was playing in a charity golf tournament, uh, Jim Kelly's 33rd charity golf tournament outside of Buffalo. Shout um, out Buffalo. I'm actually going to Buffalo next week, believe it or not. Oh, yeah? Yeah, well, I'm going to Rochester. Home with a chicken wing. Yeah, definitely. Um, So it said, Goodell backed a decision made at the owners' meeting last month to table a proposal to change the overtime rule and require each team to have one possession regardless of what happens on the opening overtime series. I don't know if I'd go for the fair possession. Uh, The sudden-death nature of the current rule in which the game ends if a team scores a touchdown on its opening Possession, the change was pushed by the Chiefs, which is why I got Patrick Mahomes behind me. Uh, Kansas City lost last season's AFC Championship game without getting the ball in overtime because the New England Patriots won the toss, received the kickoff, and scored a touchdown. Obviously, I have also been a victim of this uh, from the Super Bowl where the Patriots got the ball first and it was pretty much over. Falcons lose every overtime toss uh, and almost always lose the game because our defense is always terrible. But, you know, I, I can kind of, you know, commiserate with the Kansas City fan um, however, I, I would like to say this. I do believe the overtime rules need to be changed. However, I feel like they need to be changed completely. I, I, don't, I don't think the current NFL overtime uh, rules are the optimal way to do it. If you look at what happened last year, I'm for the college overtime, uh, the college overtime uh, system. If you watch what happened last year between... The uh, LSU Tigers and Mississippi or uh, Texas A&M. That game went to what seven overtimes. It was it was. I've never seen a game more exciting than that one. We played three games <laughs> worth, just about. Yeah, it's seven overtimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's no, not really, because it's just one possession. You know, so they oh, each okay. had they each would have had seven possessions. So you know the way the over college overtime system works, obviously, is. Each team gets the ball at the 25 with a chance to score. Uh, you know, you can get a field goal, you can get no points, or you can get a touchdown. After, I think, three, they have to start going for the two-point conversion, which makes it where it's much harder to make the overtime continue because 
you know, a lot of times you're going to have a team miss and then a team make it. It's kind of like a shootout, you know, really. And I really love that system. I think it's more exciting. And I do not, I cannot believe that we are in 2019 and the NFL still allows ties. And not only that, they recently changed the rule to decrease the amount of time in overtime from a full quarter at 15 minutes to 10 minutes, and now we're going to get more ties. There's nothing more frustrating in the NFL than ties. What the heck is this? Soccer? Do we want Do we want soccer? Is that what we want? No. This is, no, this is real absolutely football. absolutely not. This is real football. <laughs> exactly. This is real football. Uh, I tell you what, you know, let's just scrap it completely. Let's do uh, XFL 2.0. Let's have both offense and defense on mm. both sides of the field doing it at, uh, at the same time. Whoever team scores first wins. All right. Let me ask you guys this question. If the exact thing that happened to Kansas City happened for the for them over the Patriots, would you have a complaint from Bill Belichick? I think no. No. Now oh, you're, you would. Mm, really? Belichick, I don't think he doesn't complain about much. He does a lot of the rule breaking. The talk rule was a whole nother ball game. That's just like a whole nother. Thing. Well, he didn't. It was, but, I mean, he didn't. He didn't have to argue for that because it got corrected during the game. Well, or you true, know, true, according true, to the rule. What I'm saying is, you know, it's another case of what the basketball commentator said. It's a, a moment thing. Because they lived through a terrible thing, they lost because the rules were that way. I feel like it's just like a, a cheap way. Like, why do they have to be the ones to complain to make things go forward? It's always been this way. Now the Chiefs are whining because it went, it, you know, it happened negatively to them. I don't know. I don't agree with that. When, I'm a, when things go awry... I'm like, screw it, we lost. Like, what am I going to do? Go Look, if the Patriots it? lost, Belichick would have had a problem with it, but it wouldn't have been as demonstrative. You know, he's just going to say something like, listen, man, I know both teams play really hard, <laughs> and I think that uh, at the end of the day... We're going to move on to next week. And We're, we're, uh, playing, the, we're playing the Bengals next week, so... Uh, we'll we're playing the Bengals it. next week, but really, <laughs> but, we should have had a chance to play. We should have had a chance to win this score. We have Tom Brady, the best quarterback who ever played the game, and I think that, that we should have an opportunity. Dude, to I can see myself on the top of your head. That's cool. I feel like the Southern death where it is like first possession, it's like such a heart wrenching thing. And I think that that is actually a mechanic that bothers people, but at the same time, it's like really screwy and it really makes it hard in well, so many ways. Here, here's, what's so here's what's so crazy about this to me. And, and once again, why I support both teams getting the ball in a different format, not the current format. I don't, I don't think they should change. If they're going to keep the same format, I don't think they should change it. But here's the frustrating thing. The NFL has moved to... Let me ask you guys this question. Has the NFL moved more offensive-oriented or defensive-oriented? Offensively, obviously. Of course. So offensively. Of course, obviously. All across the board. I mean, look at the guy behind me and how many points they scored last year. Like, it's absolutely insane. We moved offensive. However, you're going to say the most critical moment of the entire game, when a game is forced into overtime, the most exciting a game can get... We're now going to switch it to defensive-oriented. We've made all the rules in favor for the offense. All the rules in favor for the offense. But now, in the most critical point of a championship game, you know, even notwithstanding, we're going to say, oh, now you got to have your defense stand up. They're putting the defense at a disadvantage because of all the rule changes they've made to protect the offense. So over time, this has changed. You know, it used to be where most teams did not score on the first drive. But most teams did not score on the first drive in overtime. Overtimes would last a couple possessions. You'd punt. You see teams even playing field field position on the first drive. You know, yep. and it's it's changed because defenses used to actually be able to hit people and to stop offenses. Now they can't 
Their hands are tied. So we're saying, it's a, you know, if you can't stop them, it's your fault. But we're going to make all the rules where they can run over you. And we're going to let the flip of a coin decide. In the Super Bowl, I was at the Super Bowl <laughs> when the Falcons played the Patriots. And the moment I saw the Patriots won the toss, I knew the game was over because our defense is terrible because that's not the way our team's built. It was built on offense like every other team. So if, if they were reversed, if the Falcons would have got the ball first in that game, yes, the Patriots had a lot of the momentum, but if we could have got the ball first, you saw in the last drive of the Falcons how they went all the way down the field very easily and then got pushed back because of penalties and, uh, and a sack. The Falcons may have won that. The whole game could have been different. But as soon as that coin flip was Patriots, the game was over. You know, and that's that's a deflating feeling as a fan. You know, I, and I could not believe that the Rams were able to win against the Saints because it could have been the same situation. Saints get the ball first, you know, and they usually go right down the field and score. I, th- I think the Saints got the ball first. Maybe the Rams. I, I know it's a deflating good. feeling, but it's always deflating for the Patriots. So they totally understand where you're coming from. How long have you been wow. holding that joke? Like 45 seconds? At that's least. good. 35. I'm glad I'm glad you were able to still pull it out. That's good. Thank you. I appreciate it. That was good. Yeah. So, well, I guess that's probably going to wrap it up for us tonight. Uh, I guess we got our time for uh, 30 seconds to to glory. Does Does All anybody right. have a 30 seconds to glory? Let's hear it, Andy. You yeah. go first. I'll, I'll go last. I'll so, go first. Oh, Andy says he's going go first. first. Go ahead. Go ahead first. Andy, you look like you weren't ready yet. So if, you, if you're ready to go, go ahead, buddy. I, I'm distracted now. You go first. <laughs> Sorry about that. All right, so here we go. Golden State Warriors, specifically Booger, uh, Boogie Cousins, you have done yourself a great service. You have successfully auditioned to the other 29 teams in the National Basketball Association that your services can be had for quite the pretty penny. Your audition in the NBA Finals has done wonders for your free agency value for your potential uh, uh, negotiation value if you want to stay with the Golden State Warriors, a.k.a. the Dubs. But from a fan of Eastern Conference teams, I hope that you suffer a series-ending injury. Not career-ending, but just one that takes you out for the rest of the series so that the (laughs) Raptors actually have a chance of winning and dethroning you suckers because I can't stand you. Have a great rest of your series. I hope you don't play well. Go Raptors. That is a 30 seconds to glory right there. Wow. That was impressive. You literally just wished an injury upon a man. I salute your audacity. Only for the series. Only the audacity. I can't get behind what you said, but I appreciate your audacity. All right, Andy, what you got? Uh, I can't follow that up. I'm just kidding. Um, How do I follow this up? You go, Ben. I do go. Also, some some people call me Preston. Anyway, I'll that's a long story. It. I'll go last since okay. I missed last. I observed something last night that I found very interesting. I actually went and watched it a second time. After the game, if you didn't know, Steph Curry was sick during the game and almost didn't play. Had to actually go out of the game at some point because he wasn't feeling well. Who knows why? Uh, but I watched something very interesting. After this interview with uh, with Doris, can't remember. Doris, what's her last name? Burke. Doris Burke on ESPN. Steph Curry started walking out of the tunnel and a Raptors fan who was on the front row of the floor seats, begged on TV Steph Curry to give her child, her baby, his shoes. And I just thought that was super, super, super interesting to watch a grown woman on national TV asking an NBA player that cheers for the, or the place or the team that she's directly cheering against for a pair of shoes. I thought it was absolutely insane, and I thought it wasn't a good look for the lady. If, if she was a Warriors fan... 
I could certainly see that, but that certainly seems like pandering to the competition to me. That's my 30 seconds to Corey. Well, today uh, or yesterday, I believe it was today, uh, Apple announced that they are canceling iTunes. Mm -hmm. And this pertains to a lot of people that I know, especially you, Ben, uh, that has a podcast. And, you know, we have to look back at what iTunes was. Now, iTunes was pretty much the first time we were introduced to, like, real professional legal digital downloading and music and Apple has to be respected for what they did for the industry. Now, does it make sense that they're ending iTunes? Absolutely. But it's interesting because Spotify had the model of having as much unlimited music as you want for a set price, the Netflix model, right? So Apple switched in and does Apple music. So there's absolutely no necessity for iTunes. Now, as a podcaster, I was freaking out. But apparently going forward, the podcast app will be its own thing. And I think that's awesome because it's like evolving with technology. The podcast thing has always been a big thing. It's not going away. And I think it's one of the most important outlets that we have that people don't realize. Like you can't always watch things. So audio podcasts are still going to survive. And what we're doing here, you know, we consider a podcast. So I wanted to just say. Thank you to Apple for introducing the world to iTunes because I think it really changed the way we listen to music. And secondly, goodbye, because I don't really use you anymore. (laughs) And furthermore, try a medicine ball. Ben was the one that recommended it to me. Uh, If you get really sick. Secret Starbucks, Adam. Go to Starbucks and ask for a medicine ball. That thing really works. Thanks, Ben. Oh, I got you. No problem. Interesting. I was glad to be back too. Yeah. That was 30 seconds to glory. If I've ever seen it, maybe two minutes, but you know, the thing about it is, uh, you know, Joe Rogan on his podcast, interestingly enough, last week was talking about podcasting, you know, and he said, he said, podcasting is actually the final frontier of, uh, content creation because it's one of the only mediums out there where no one controls you. So, you know, like, it, like if you're on YouTube, like, yeah, we're on YouTube, obviously you can find us immaculate perceptions, but, uh, you know, YouTube controls. I mean, I know several content creators just this week that got strikes for all kinds of different stuff that they didn't deserve, you know, but with podcasting, like there's no strikes. So there's no strikes. And like I said, like you just put that explicit on your podcast, you're good to go. And that's like the Howard Stern model. When yeah. he went to Sirius, it's the same idea. You could, you could curse and, and whatever, but, um, you could talk about whatever you want. Yeah. Unless the platform that you're using has very anti-values that you espouse on your podcast, if you talk about conservative ideas and theories and those kinds of things, it's only a matter but, of time before they shut you down. But you know what the scary thing is? And, you know, we, we come from a, a crypto space where we talk a lot about decentralization. Apple could have said today, the podcast app will no longer function. We will no longer do podcasting. And guess what we would say? Oh, damn. So there goes my iTunes audience. Goodbye. But do they have the power to do that? Absolutely. Yeah. And why didn't they? Because of money. They would have bought out on a lot of money. They know what they created with podcasts. But but the beautiful thing about podcasts is you can push it on on so many different platforms that, yes, you could get deplatformed in one you know, by one company, but you, that's why we have many platforms. You know, we, I'm doing it on Facebook, uh, for my fake, for my fake Facebook account. Uh, don't tell the people that are watching right now. Actually, we have zero people watching right now. So I just doxed myself. Uh, number two, 
Yeah. Number two, you know, we have YouTube. We also have Anchor, which goes out to, I think, eight different platforms, something something like that. Yeah, a lot nine. Of We're on nine different platforms. <laughs> just, just through Anchor? Just through Anchor. Well, yeah, Anchor got us yeah. out to, like, all the... All yeah. The, all. So, you know, you can kind of control what you do, but, you know, like, on YouTube, you still are going to be censored, and they're going to be able to, you know, if they like Joe Rogan was talking about how if he ever shows a clip from anything that YouTube wants all his advertising dollars for that clip. So, you know, they're real careful not to, you know, not to show different clips from movies or YouTube videos or whatever. So, well, we've gotten really deep in the weeds here at the end. You guys come follow the podcast on Twitter at IP pod. You can find us on YouTube, immaculate perceptions. And that's all we got. We will talk to you guys later. Peace.